Welcome to Lights in the Sky podcast episode 119, casual chat about uncasual things. I'm Luke. And good evening from Tone's study is Tone. <laughs> yep, a um, couple of things straight off the bat. This is two in a row for us. I interrupt you for a is... moment there. This is actually, I'm in the former studio. Um, you are. The very first episode was recorded in the studio and I'm here solo. Thank you very much. And um, yeah. One of us could make it to the studio. Faint haunting, uh, haunting aroma of um, (laughs) ironing kitty litter and uh, the kitty litter. First up records, yeah. Yeah, I changed the (laughs) kitty litter tonight, actually. (laughs) Oh yeah, good. (laughs) Um, So yeah, we're it's a it's remote recording. So I'm in the new studio. Tony's in the old studio or the original studio. It's kind of like Disneyland and Walt Disney World though. Like there's no wrong answer. It's just one's the original and one's the other one. I one's more purpose that, built. Um, Disney World was actually Walt Disney World like last mm. week. I always thought it was Disney really? World. Really? No. It was Disney, I thought it was Disneyland and Disney World, but uh, it's Disneyland and Walt Disney World. That was new to me. Yeah, it is. Walt Disney World, yep. Did I why say that? Why is that? Yeah, you said it. You said it correctly. That's yeah. why I brought it up. Yeah. Thinking, like, you, you nailed it. I mean, you as mm. a Disney file yeah. should know. So it was actually um, Walt's brother Roy who named it. And he named it because Walt Disney helped to plan it. He was literally in a, on his deathbed pointing at maps saying, put this here, put that there. Um, but by the time it was finished, he had already passed away. So as a yes, tribute to Walt Disney, they said, well, we'll call it Walt Disney World. What a depressing story. Um, it's paranormal, though, so in Roy a way. Disney, I assume, smothers Walt with a pillow and then is like, right, yeah. it's all mine. And <laughs> yeah. You could say claims, that. Claims the inheritance, the theme park all for himself. Did Walt have kids? Yeah. He does have a statue. Oh, Roy has a statue in um, California Adventure Park, which is the newer ver- newer thing. Oh, train. Oh, the train. usual train. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is the newer part of the OG Disneyland. Um, what was your question? Did Walt have kids? Yeah. I think so. I never really thought about it. Yeah. Do you know he killed his parents? What? Accidentally, he accidentally killed his parents. Inadvertently, kind of. Oh, but like how directly. Roy did the same to to Walt. Just before. <laughs> yeah, right. So Walt Disney bought his parents a top of the line air conditioner, which um, glitched out and gassed his parents. Jesus, that's, that's how they died. So just to keep keep digging that depressing hole straight off the bat. Um, yeah. It is pretty horrendous. What? So, how, yeah. how could air conditioning go so wrong? Was it just because it was elderly and chaotic? <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It was. It just pumped gas into the room. Gassed Are you them. sure there's not just like um, like an urban legend? Like how the urban legend that Walt Disney is cryogenically frozen? <laughs> you know that's yeah. not true? Oh, I, yeah. I believe that. You believe it's true? Yeah, why not? 
Um, well, well I won't fight you on it because I just don't care enough. But um, <laughs> but yeah, no, this is something I saw in a doco. And yeah, the scattering of ashes is um, was actually how Walt Disney departed. He also killed an owl, apparently. Really? Yeah. An he owl? Was young, a bored seven-year-old child, he got flustered and surprised and reacted without thinking and instinctively stopped something that was moving around wildly scaring him. I don't know about the qual- <laughs> the sources are of this, but like, also, what's the point of saying that? Like, I hmm, have you ever killed an animal bigger than an insect? Oh, uh, no, no, confident, no, confident, no. Okay, I don't think I have. If I have, it would be oh, uh, I've probably hit, I've hit a bird once in my car twice actually. A sparrow. <laughs> two sparrows on two separate occasions. It makes occasions. you a serial killer, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, good segue, that, actually. Oh, yes. Very good. Very um, good. So I wanted to bring this up. Um, I, mes- I messaged you earlier. Um, you know, because you're into your true crime podcast. I'm not into true crime stuff at all. Like, I don't... Are you not, uh, not, not at all? Not a single true crime podcast? or uh... No. No. God, none of that. Interesting. I mean, I mean, it wouldn't be a day go by that I would not sort of tune into some sort of true crime party. Why? What do you like about it? Uh, because it's probably so it's so fascinating and un, and, and removed from my normal life. Yeah. It's, um, well, for just, now. Yeah. Yes. We'll see how it I mean, ends. Well, but yeah. Coming from the man who serial kills serial kills sparrows. Maybe. I mean. Does that make this a true crime podcast then? That I just mentioned that. Yeah, you, you are actually you've come clean as a serial killer of the alien yeah, we, kind. We're dipping our toe into true crime podcast now. Um, the so you would have watched like Making a Murderer and all of that stuff. Oh, 100%. do you watch all the TV shows? Hundred percent. Ah, yeah. No, I can't get into any of them. The How closest thing to that? watching a closest thing i've watched to watching a um a bunch of criminals would have been um tiger king because uh, but i i hated myself by the end of that because i'm like why am i giving these people airtime they're just the worst people they just don't deserve my time carol i watched baskin's it because everyone else had watched it hey and carol baskin's probably a murderer <laughs> probably yeah that's what i mean it's the closest thing to true crime but I'm just I'm just including like animal cruelty as a crime, um. So yeah, I'm just not that into it. Eh? I don't know why. I know it's massive. I know everyone else is into it, but I mean the only <laughs> I saw a meme the other day, which is which is fairly accurate for most people I know. Probably not including yourself, uh, being vegetarian, but um, <laughs> it essentially boiled down to, um. Over the age of 30, males must uh, figure out whether they're going to uh, get into World War Two or smoking meat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's fairly accurate of most people I know. That like, my mate at work does biltong, and then there's my other mate at work who's like right into um, all kinds of, you know, wars throughout the ages, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, and, so. and you just beat your meat and 
No, no, no. I've been getting no. into World War Two stuff and have done for a while. Um, so where I was going with that is, I guess, in a way, a World War Two podcast is true crime. Do war crimes count as war uh, criminal? Adolf famously yeah. committed a few cheeky misdeeds <laughs> Don't along the way. Boil it down to cheeky. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Yeah, so... Yes, I know there's I, war crimes, but, like, it's still people killing people at the end of the day. Maybe that's the same I'm, I'm, part I'm, of my I'm, brain that would be interested in a, a true crime I'm a, podcast. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a war buff, i got to say. Are you? Yeah. What's your favourite war? Uh, I'm a big www.worldwar2.com <laughs> <laughs> fan. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's really oh. weird you've got a favourite war. That's kind of strange. I guess you're into true crime, so who knows what's going on in that head? As you know, a few famously cheeky misdeeds went on. (laughs) Yeah. It's like Uh, that that Ricky Gervais stand-up that says um, uh, if they were giving out awards, um, the Vietnam War would win Best Soundtrack. (laughs) 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 Because of all those, you know, the doors and stuff like that. Um, hmm. this in the last like three three days, two and a half days, I binged a podcast called West Cork, which was about a um, a sort of a bizarre murder in a very small community in Ireland. Fascinating, mm-hmm. loved it. Couldn't couldn't okay. put it down if that's the right word, but absolutely adored it. I mean, someone and died. Just, yeah, yeah, well, that's the other weird thing is I hear these podcasts where it's like. What is it? There's ones, there's ones where it's like three girls that are literally going through crazy ways people have died. I'm like, this sounds morbid, and they're like, yeah, so I, I you know, laughing. That's, that's, I do, I, I draw a line there. Like, I don't enjoy the ones where they inject humor into it. It's a serious subject, and I know people mm. do say you get to laugh about it because you got to deal with it, sort of thing. But no, I just, yeah, the the actually hearing the details in a in a way that is respectful to the victim, even though that sounds somewhat weird when you ask of being entertained. Getting off. Getting off on the podcast. <laughs> There's no offing. I'm not offing anyone. <laughs> myself included. Um, <laughs> yeah, in, in this process. but uh, I suppose it's like, yeah. a, like watching a documentary. It's the documentary equivalent of a podcast. Oh, I just, I just watched The Sons of Sam on Netflix the other day. That was good. You've yeah, heard of it? Yeah. yeah. You've heard of the Son, Son of Sam murder, though, right? No. Really? Okay. Murders uh, you, don't... You really just murders... into this, aren't you? No, I'm not. I just... I like to laugh, and that stuff doesn't make me laugh. I would rather look up comedians look than up comedians, listen to how people what? were grisly and murdered. I don't know, sitcoms, stand-up <laughs> comedy other podcasts that are in the comedy section all right chuckles okay awfully derivative anyway, of you but well that's fine. despite the fact that you are so opposed to true crime you've brought a mm. true crime story to the podcast uh today a little bit not on purpose i actually it's more of a um you can google where you are you got you got the Google set up. I can Google obviously. where I am. I guess I can Google where I am. 
you need me to. I know where I am. Yeah. You can Google in that studio? Yeah. Um, I know you can because you told us about how Walt Disney kicked an owl. Killed an owl. <laughs> um, Accidentally. But... Accidentally. <laughs> this is what I've got highlighted here. Okay. Um, so where I was going with this is um, I might be psychic. I've had a couple of things happen, a couple being two off the top of my head in my life where right. things come to me in a dream and then the next day it's it's either happened while I was dreaming or the next day it's eventuated. This is the second time now. The first time it was, it was kind of like, oh, that's kind of weird. But this, is, this happened again this week. So the first time... Um, my former brother-in-law so he was married to my sister yeah his mum was yeah well no not him but his mum r.i.p um yeah she was on her deathbed and i went to sleep had a dream that she'd passed away and then um my wife woke me up to say she had passed away and i said i know because i just dreamed it like that literally happened right. so that's one Okay. okay, and I think I've I've elaborated on that on this podcast before, so I won't dive into it again. But um, that happened. Um, another time, um, uh, this week. So I, as you know, as we've established, I I don't care for true crime. I don't follow those things. The most exposure I probably have to these kind of murders and stuff is. Um, they talk about them occasionally on like um, tell them Steve Dave or in their Patreons where there's like I can remember back in the 70s there was X murder or or um, you know people that were in the region prolific period in the 70s for these kind of like first like generation of serial killers because like the serial killer term didn't really come about until like the 1970s and then like it sort of like there was like a real renaissance and heyday of, of serial <laughs> <Yeah>. killers <laughs> popularized the serial killer mm. so the media was giving them nicknames and you know you they were, watched um, mind, mind, mind hunter on netflix then have you no no with um holden a- any ford. good <laughs> with um, what the main character is called holden ford just fyi oh weird yeah no. that must be strange <laughs> weird, for weird. australians to hear yeah i know um, <laughs> really weird but um the, yes that that talks yeah, about the so, science of like the FBI behavioral crimes unit, like understanding what serial killers are and trying to like um like profile serial killers. Yeah. Hmm. Figure out what they're gonna do next so you can stump mm. them in their tracks. And like understanding like what sort of person does this or that. Yeah. Is it a like a true story or is it a dramatic series? Um, it's a dram- it's a dramatic series based on actual events. Um, Hold, since Holden when Ford does anyone Holden, Holden Ford wasn't the guy's real name <laughs> <laughs> since when does anyone say dramatic series anyway by the way um, so yeah I have no a dramatization then yeah it's a yeah a fictional based on a true story dramatization dramatization yeah um, so yeah got nothing got nothing got nothing in that department I'm not I'm not that into it. It's interesting that psychology thing to me, um, but where that I was going very, with this that, is uh, that is a very interesting element of that show. I think that's the bit I would be into because as a um, as a UX designer, I have to think about how people are thinking. 
And that's part There's of the reason why of... I really enjoy it too, because it the psychology of crime is something yeah. that's absolutely fascinating. And yeah. how someone, because I guess like, you think about like all of us, we're so like regimented in our day-to-day lives of what we can and cannot do. And you may go slightly over the speed limit and think, oh, oh better, better watch out, I'm encroaching on that. <laughs> But yeah. you go you go to the point where you t- you're willing to take somebody's life like holy crap there's mm. something really psychologically interesting and compelling about what has happened to that person for that to happen and I think that is the appeal just like holy yeah. shit that's not normal what yeah. what what leads someone to behave in such a way yeah I get that um I'm always trying to figure out how a farmer's thinking as part of my job um <laughs> <laughs> um it's the it's the morbid bit that i don't like though like it's enough to have you can have human behavior studies but this is with that morbid angle of why are they doing horrible things but that's the bit that i don't you you pick you pick your shows though right Hmm. there's the ones that sort of delve deeply into the morbid stuff and more that talk about the actual crime and right trying to understand the background to it but yeah you, you, you you find podcasts you like Ones that, um, yeah, I will. suit suit your fascination with it rather than something that's uh, just essentially a bunch of people, you know, taking the piss and celebrating. Laughing at dead people. Is, yeah. Yeah. Um, so what happened this week was I had a dream that the Zodiac Killer sent a letter to my sister and my wife. Oh. And I was like, this is Jesus. weird. So you obviously know a little the, bit about the Zodiac Killer and you know that he sent letters as part of his spree. That's pretty much it. That's the extent of it. And so then when I woke up, um, I was like, oh, that was weird and scary and, um, you know, strange. I didn't know he had an encoded message. I just knew he mm, the there ciphers. was somebody who... Yeah, ciphers, yeah. Um, I didn't know any of that part. I'd heard the name and so I was like, oh, that's a thing. And I think I heard that they were like someone who left clues and um you know let wrote letters to victims or to cops or something like that newspapers huh newspapers he wrote to newspapers yeah i didn't know that at the time i don't even know where i knew the name from i think it was probably mentioned when someone was telling me about silence of the lambs or something because there's buffalo bill and that one is like the serial killer there you would have seen the zodiac movie though right no. It was like 2007 or something that came out with Jake Glennon Hall. No. Really? You've not seen that movie? I didn't okay. didn't know didn't know it existed until right now. Really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I saw what was that other one? He has like his limbs blown off and keeps getting jacked in. <laughs> what? There's a movie where he he like it's like they're, they're on like a train or something and they have like this machine where you can go in and affect time and there's a bomb on the train and he has to stop the bomb. That was a dream one, totally. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, then uh, knowing nothing about this thing, had a dream that it was a thing and then um, woke up the Z- next... Zodiac the movie, 2007, I was right. Okay. Had Jake... Glennon Hall had Mark Ruffalo and Robert Downey Jr. in it. So a bit of like pre-Marvel universe. Oh, yeah. Fun. What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So then I woke up the next day and um, I was like, ah, wonder what this thing is. And it turned out that it was either that day or this week sometime. 
um, uh, Australians managed to crack the code. Did you know that? So did you get like a news alert on your phone? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So I wondered if it was um, if it was a psychic moment for me. I've got a, I've got a December article here. December 12, 2020, around Zodiac Killer code cracked by Australian mathematician Sam Blake more than 50 years after first murder. What? That was on my... Are you telling me my phone's just given me... Maybe this isn't a thing at all. I've got lots of, like, 20... Like, December 2020. I got a newsletter on my phone the morning after dreaming about it, and I thought, this is amazing. This People have to know about it, and now I can't find anything that's newer than December. <laughs> It's paranormally weird, though, that you've been dreaming about a movie and a, or about a, a situation or a serial killer that you know very little about and didn't know there was a movie. Yeah. And <laughs> didn't know there was a cipher yet managed to crack it. Well, the thing the that got me was that it was sitting on my phone when I, when I um, opened my eyes sort of thing. And now I'm like, why the heck would that be on my phone if it happened, you know, three months ago? So what I was thinking we would do is just a quick test once and for all am i psychic or am i not i've had two experiences one we've just established is extremely dubious the other was a one-off it could be written off pretty easily let's just say you give me you hold up a hand it's got to be held up physically in space one hand we're going to say it's got five digits let's assume that okay i'm, I'm going to do both hands though so i'm going to i'm going to make it even harder for you oh well that if you do if you do i'm going to claim if i get if i choose a number and one of the hands has that many then i'm going to claim that so if you did nine and i said four i'm going to say well one of them's four so <laughs> i could be, just... I, I, yeah well, potentially potentially <laughs> okay let's away. start with 10 is, it, is this more of a test of how psychic am i we'll do three rounds of 10 three rounds of five Okay, well, let's start with the rounds of five, then. We'll start easy, okay? Okay, well, all right, if I'm I get all of up. these wrong, are we really going to jump to ten, though? Holding my hand up, and there are some digits on my hand. What number am I holding up? Okay, right now? Yep. Four. Oh! It was four, wasn't it? I can tell I'm by your sorry. reaction. You were just gutted <laughs> that. It was two. It <laughs> no, was it wasn't. Two. It was two. Yeah, two times All two right. is what? All right, Nick, come on. What am I holding up now? Come on, get it right. It's, uh, I've got to vibe it out. Hang on. One. No. <laughs> no. It was a three then. Five. Damn you. <laughs> I'm still calibrating, clearly. This is going to go really right. well. See, this is going to go really well you, for round two when I'm doing this, but with round, 10 digits. Yeah, we'll the, okay. okay, here we go. Okay, the final, <laughs> this is the final warm-up one. All right? Okay. What do I got? <laughs> Holding so it up. Level. Preaching okay. to the Lord. What do I got? You've got a two again. Ah! Four! <laughs> ah. See, they did the same. Two must give out a certain vibe, because... Twos and fours, I get I get confused. I've always done that. All right, here we go. So this is between <laughs> um, uh, what six and ten. <laughs> this next one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, all right. What all do right. we got? Come on, give it to me, baby. Uh huh. Uh huh. It's a nine. Ah! It's a. Six. I mean a seven. <laughs> it's still wrong. 
<laughs> Still it. not right. Okay. Okay. All right. Because Here we go. It's, uh, Here we go. Oh. Here we go. What was what it? What have we got? What was it? What was the six. last one? It was a six. A six. Oh, I was going to say six. Well, you didn't. You <laughs> said two other things. <laughs> All right, here to. we go. We've got it again. Okay, okay. Last one. Just to establish. No, no, one I mean, more this, to go. One if more I get this one right. This. Okay. I mean, even if I start, if I, even if I'm 100% from here on out, I still think there will be question marks. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say it's an eight. Ah! No! <laughs> it was a nine. <laughs> all right here's your final one okay. fingers a hell to the heavens what do you got <laughs> what do you got tell me well, what it's obviously you a seven and we can move on fingers it's obviously a seven yes. we'll move on ah, it was seven? a ten yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay putting that one to bed now you got a paranormal tale for us Ah, um, okay, how about this? I'm thinking about a person. Yeah. Thinking about a person. Yeah. That you and I both know. Mm hmm. Someone we both know. Yeah. Who um, we went to school with. Who's that person? Who's that person I'm thinking of? Vaughn. Yes! Yes! (laughs) That is right. That is exactly it. right. That's exactly right. And we went right. to school with a lot of people. I know. Thousands of people. <laughs> so, all right, you've redeemed yourself. There you go. Maybe it's I'm just more That's of a people good. person. That's more of a people, more person. people person. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Well done. Well done. <laughs> Claiming it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Regale me with the tale. I understand there's been a fair bit of... Um, of activity in the past week yeah so there's been a bit of an explosive interview about UAP I, I think it's UAP but um, UFO as a term is disintegrating it's disappearing um, UAP UAP is mm. far more in vogue now in fashion around what we should be saying I listened so, to a podcast which had a guy from the CIA in it, and he said he was at the forefront of um, the movement inside the CIA's walls that started saying UAP, and it was because everyone kind of laughed at the term UFO. Yeah. Sort of like brings you know why to I'm happy about it? I'm happy about it because people use the words UFO for flying saucer. And it's not the same thing. No, exactly not. It's 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 good it's good to um I guess that is re energizing interest into the field and perhaps adding a layer of credibility to something that's been a laughing stock um for mm. some time. Yeah. Um, unfortunately. However, the the reason this has come about is because of increasing US military disclosure of UAP. And this comes back to your flying tic-tac and um, other military sightings that have been released and published through media channels. And I don't know, like, is this potentially a bit of disclosure starting to happen and um, information being let out to the public? But what a lot of these stories are coming from is that very shortly there's going to be a tell-all study apparently published 
from um, within the coffers of the US military and the Pentagon, which releases everything the US military knows about UAP. So this is meant to be some sort of bombshell report coming out in the next month or so. Which it won't be, but but we can we can hope. Yes, it's getting far more attention though, and I guess credibility at uh, military levels than it ever has, um, mm. at least in our life lifetime. So, yeah, this is an article from the Washington Post, and it reflects on an interview that was um, aired on sixty Minutes in the US um, on Sunday, and their time, uh, talking about what is going on and what we might learn. Mm-hmm. So I'll begin. Uh, Please do. Pull this podcast we- back from the brink. <laughs> so when the Navy pilot first spotted the strange object hovering in restricted airspace off the Atlantic coast, he was stunned. No exhaust plume, no visible engine, and all the markings are something secret, something mysterious, or something... Yeah? <laughs> nice beginning. Yeah, it's good. you getting me back in here. Yeah. It's almost an episode I'd want to listen to now. <laughs> but years later, Ryan Graves sounded almost bored as he recounted for a national television audience his history with unidentified aerial phenomenon, UAP. Perhaps because for him and some of his former Navy colleagues, such sightings became a regular occurrence. Every day, Graves said in an interview with CBS's 60 Minutes that aired Sunday, every day for at least a couple of years. I assume that's how often he saw them. Um, the retired <laughs> lieutenant's matter-of-fact remark stopped 60 Minutes correspondent Bill Whitaker, who cut in, wait a minute, every day for a couple of years? <laughs> mm-hmm. Graves replies. Um, it sounds like this is like how much he's been touching himself, and um, oh God. this is a cause of a revelation. But no, this, this is UAP, baby. <laughs> Uh, Graves mm-hmm. has told his story before, but the interview, part of a 60-minute special dedicated to the subject, signalled something new. UFOs are going mainstream. The shift mm-hmm. from kooky conspiracy theory to object of congressional inquiry has accelerated in recent years, fueled by the revival of a Pentagon unit to investigate the sightings. And in the next six weeks, a reporter's due that is required to make public everything the government knows about UFOs. Which is, I guess you've called out as, are we really going to hear everything? Probably not. No, <laughs> not everything. I'm sceptical. Might be something so, juicy, though. I'd like Certainly, to something... there, is a, there is a lot more um, activity going on. You do, maybe it's just the pages I follow, but you certainly see a lot more kind of posts, and there's a lot more of, like, why is nobody talking about this? Like, I even saw mm. it on, like, Barstool Sports. You know, like really? it's out there. Yeah, <laughs> even Dave like, Portnoy is talking about it. <laughs> yeah, Al Perez, the guy on the Al Presidente. Yeah, yeah, um, Al Perez. Um, there was a dude. Um, he does a podcast for them. Who was like, these videos keep appearing like every few days, and no one seems to be talking about them. Like, mm. what is the deal? And, um, so when it starts getting down to that level, yeah. And that's I, I I watched the interview as well, and that's very much the subject of what they're saying is like this stuff is real. We've caught it on camera. We're playing it for you during this interview. We yeah. don't know what the hell this is. This yeah. craft went from sea level to eighty thousand feet in less than a second. 
we recorded mm. it doing it probably we should pay attention to this i don't know like <laughs> <laughs> it feels like, like something like, people should know about yeah if you can go from zero feet to eighty thousand feet in less than a second and have it recorded by a fighter jet surely mm. and during the interview one of the um the pilots says they they're flying down um they they zoom they you know they zoom past this tic tac aircraft or whatever you want to call it and it's like about the size of uh, their fighter jets, like an F-16 it was, and it was like rippling up waves on the ocean surface. They could see it sitting there like with ocean like circulating and moving. So there was definitely something there, and it was doing something to the, the ocean beneath it. Um, and then it just shot away, you know, a blink of an eye, it was gone. And it was all mm. recorded. You're like, really? Like, should we not do something about this? <laughs> and talking about like acceleration like the the like the actual g's pull like 150 to 200 g's yeah like, it's impossible that's crazy yeah mm. so um carrying on with the washington post article um we got the report which will be released sometime in june was mandated by an obscure provision in last year's 2.3 trillion dollar operations bill and requires the Director of National Intelligence to work with the Secretary of Defense on a detailed analysis of unidentified aerial phenomenon data and intelligence gathered by the Office of Naval Intelligence, the Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force, and the FBI. Former Director of National Intelligence John Ratcliffe hinted in a March interview that the report would be big. Since then, other officials have said it would probably be an interim report with more to come in the months that follow. Mm. Whatever its contents, the authors now have the country's attention, and a group of retired military men have been working to ensure that Americans take the issue seriously. One of them, Luis Elizondo, a former senior intelligence director, officer, Mm -hmm. and a go-to UAP spokesperson, told Willeke that an unknown object tooling around U.S. airspace should be considered a national security risk, as we've just spoken about. Yep, fair um, point. So, Elizondo goes on to say, I'm not telling you that it doesn't sound wacky. What I'm telling you is it's real. The question is, what is it? What are its intentions? And what are its capabilities? Mm. Sometimes there are simple explanations for objects, he said, but sometimes there aren't. What most concerns him are that most intelligent experts can confidently say that they are not drones, balloons, or space junk, but show signs of in technology and intelligence. Mm. Ultimately, when you've exhausted all of those what-ifs and you're still left with the fact that this is an area space and it's real, that's when it becomes compelling and that's when it becomes problematic, Elizondo said. It's a straightforward argument. If pilots keep seeing these objects, some of which have flown around US bases and some of the most clued in members of the military industrial complex cannot explain them, Shouldn't the country's leaders try to get to the bottom of it? Fair, fair point, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and the other, but the other thing is, is um, even if it is friendly, um, then they need to kind of reassess their own kind of reporting lines because these pilots are going out publicly and saying, "I'm seeing these things," you know, they're not, and they're not yes. getting told to not say it. <laughs> So in, it's getting in interest the, regardless. That's right. And, and in the story, you, you hear from the pilot who is um, 
uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Graves, I think his name was um, Ryan Graves. That he that you know, they, they were flying off like the the east coast of the US, and um, they were seeing these things every day. That's why I acted a bit bored about it. Like they were seeing these things every day for years, and just like the first time they saw it, it was like holy shit, what is this? And mm. they saw them every day. <laughs> it's just like all right, there's another one. We're just, for how just long? seeing them. Like for about four years, every day they oh, went God. out into a patch of restricted airspace over the Atlantic Ocean. Right. Do they know why um, it was restricted? Yeah. So like just a, a, rounding out point? the yeah rounding out the article now. So um, we've got this line of thinking has persuaded the likes of Senator Mark Marco Rubio, who is vying to succeed former Senate Majority Leader Harry M. Reid is the Chamber's most vocal backer of UFO inquiry to say anything that enters an airspace that's not supposed to be there is a threat. Rubio described a stigma on Capitol Hill around UFOs. Colleagues who roll their eyes will snicker at the prospect of their august body tackling such a subject. Some of my mm. colleagues are very interested in this topic and some kind of, you know, giggle when you bring it up, Rubio said. But I don't think we can allow the stigma to keep us from having an answer to a very fundamental question. Rubio, who, she, who serves as the vice chair of the Senate Intelli Intelligence Committee, said the United States should have a method for gathering and studying the data as it comes in and then comparing notes across agencies. The forthcoming report is supposed to provide a detailed description of a process for doing so. I want us to take it seriously and have a process to take it seriously, Rubio said. Sunday's 60 Minutes episode also introduced close observers to a new voice, former Navy Commander Alex Dietrichs, who said she had an unsettling encounter with an unidentified flying object over the Pacific Ocean in 2004. Dietrichs was one of four aviators to see the object, which was captured by a camera and radar. She and her Navy colleague, Commander Dave Fravor, described a little white tic-tac-looking object about the size of their fighter jets, which we just earlier spoke about. No predictable movement, no predictable trajectory, said Dietrichs, who hadn't spoken publicly about the experience previously. The Navy jets were unarmed, and Dietrich recalled feeling vulnerable to attack. You know, I think that over beers, we've sort of said, hey man, if I saw the solo, I don't know, I would have come back and said anything. Because it sounds so crazy when I say it. It's a microcosm of the scenario that the officials who are speaking out say they're trying to avoid, they don't want the country ill-prepared, they say, but first they'll need to get people to listen. Mm. So, so this is someone who's come weeks. forth since the last Tic Tac? Correct. So that was a new, that Alex Dedrick was a new voice saying that um, mm -hmm. I was there, I also saw the Tic Tac, and it was nuts. Interesting. I wonder if that yeah. restricted airspace off the east coast was restricted because it does like because that kind of suggests that it is a um, you know. I uh, think it was uh, understand it was like a training ground area, so they had restricted it for um, fighter training operations. Right. But whether or not um, whatever the UAP were knew or understood that um, mm. and were operating with a bit of. Um, I know it's kind of like rubbing in your face, right? Like we know there's going to be military activity in this area, so we're going to rock on up and yeah. um, do our thing and you're going to see it and you can't do diddly squat about it. Yeah. See, I read it as restricted as in um, no-fly zone. So mm. 
um, it happened to be that these jets went out of their way into the no-fly zone and saw something they shouldn't have. Um, um, yeah, they were. I guess they were. There was. It was like a military training area, sort of what they said. So yeah, it's a restricted airspace, so that um, it's for military use only. So yeah, yeah, no civilians. Uh, yep. That's right. Interesting. And, like, and the article is it? Well, sorry, the sixty minutes story isn't talking about it's all being extraterrestrial or whatever. It's just simply saying there is something there, and be it advanced military technology or another state, like something's happening. We're seeing it. We're recording it. We need to talk about it. Right? Yeah. Like you, you, yeah. It's being captured. It's it's there. It's a real phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And you don't know what it is, but we can't just ignore it. <laughs> yeah, if, yeah. If you're a country like the US, serious about you know their defending you know, them, themselves and you know, national security, national yeah, yeah, exactly like that. Like, why would you just let any odd random uh, breathment uh, penetrate? your airspace without yep. being able to challenge it. And you know that it has capabilities far beyond what you have. Do you um, think that this is the, because um, Lou Elizondo used to be part of the To The Stars movement. Um, he and another guy left. It was a guy from the Skunk Works who's, uh, who also left at the same time as him. Do you think that this is that disclosure that they've been talking about, but for some reason they had to kind of leave to um to make it happen um it's not coming yeah, from them right i don't understand why they left but they're vocal um they're vocal in the subject and mm. like for, for these videos to get out you've, you've obviously got witnesses coming forward but then also to get those videos out and it's not those witnesses doing so but lou elizondo has been very fundamental in getting those videos leaked and getting them out into the mainstream so there's obviously a element within those military circles that know what's going on and want to get information out which is maybe why um there has been that response from mm. government agencies knowing that this this information has got out now and people are going to ask these questions I and mean, we've got like 60 minutes washington post yeah um, that's right another article um on uh, sorry watched another video on on cnn last night uh, interviewing these people like this is these are all credible mainstream this is media. the proper media, right? Yeah. Yeah. This isn't Mystery Wire, who um, they might just be seen as the paranormal news. This is actual the news. That's right. Like it was like old Cuomo interviewed them on CNN, like which I watched the other night. It's like you know this is like actual proper journalism now. <laughs> so mm. potentially it's that point now where uh, you know you're are we are we simply planting the seed? to start gradually letting people know what's going on that there's mm. now an understanding that people can accept this and tolerate this and and, and know that there's stuff that is happening that we can't fully explain um, yeah. and it's just gradually planting that seed and it's just warming up people to this um, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know like it's, it's, it's sort of almost happened like uh, I don't know, there's been this idea that disclosure will happen with this big statement saying this is the truth and this is this, but which 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 won't actually happen. So is this actually modern disclosure that now yeah. the government is starting to like release these videos and have credible witnesses speaking enter into mainstream media? It becomes part of the you know the vernacular of our society that this is something that exists and yeah. just more and more we get warmed up to it. 
Yeah, yeah, that idea of just softening the blow when you eventually yeah. peel back the curtain. Yes. Um, what's the timeline say, on it? When is the uh, next um, announcement? Did you that you, so you said it was in like six weeks or something? Six huh? six weeks, yeah. But there was that comment there that um, potentially this may be just part one of a much larger release, yeah. which would tend to make sense, right? If they are going to kind of drip feed things that. Part one becomes saying, hey, we know we've, we've recorded these things, they're on video, we believe they're mm-hmm. real, we can't explain them. Mm. This is what's happening. You know, something as simple as that. That, that just, you're not, you're, not, you're not saying where the source comes from, but you're simply saying that the videos aren't, you know, the, 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 you know they're not hoaxes. The, or, the, the, the witnesses are credible and real. These things mm. are happening, we can't yet fully explain them, but they... Uh, beyond what we understand technology currently exists as far mm. as we know it and that's kind of what the that's kind of what the um the, the pilots were saying is that we saw this we know it's happening the technology is beyond what we understand is um what is available for, for the human race at this point in time um I, I don't know whether there is some top secret program there could be but whatever is happening is beyond what we have we haven't seen any threatening behavior from this, these entities mm. or whatever they are, so it's, it has, there's nothing, nothing threatening. Um, yeah, they haven't presented the, a risk or a threat to us, but we've seen things. Yeah, the so, um, the traditional thinking was that it has to be kept secret because people will lose their minds and just chaos yeah. will will reign. Um, so maybe that drip feeding will mean that you don't get that chaos point. Or proposed um, or assumed chaos point. Yeah, this could be mm. a wholly strategic approach to disclosure. That as you drip feed and warm people up to the idea of what's actually going on, that when you actually start saying it, people are almost like, oh yeah, cool, I understand that. Yeah, I've heard a bit about that. Oh yeah, I've heard about those things. Yeah. Yeah. And it yeah, just doesn't yeah. really feature day to day life. It doesn't result in the collapse of society <laughs> or something yeah. like that. <laughs> Um, yeah, exactly. But it's really interesting, and it's actually like um, like reading more about this and seeing those interviews on like sixty Minutes and CNN and a Washington Post article. Like, you know, this stuff. The, all these entities um, or media outlets have huge amounts of credibility. They'd be picking up these stories and dedicating time to this, particularly with everything else going on in the world at the moment. Um, it has to say something, right? To this being a story that needs to be heard. Yeah. Yep. Agree. Good homework. Better result uh, from your segment than my segment this week. Um. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got you got one part of the psychic stuff working, so we we we're just gonna fine tune the rest of it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll keep working on it. I'm sure there's online courses I could take um, with a spare forty five k to just hone my skills a bit more. <laughs> yeah. Start some um, for you. What it does guarantee is more content for us in about six weeks' time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It does. It does either way. So it'll either be a report of here's what it said or here's what it didn't say. Exactly. So stay there'll tuned. be something that was said, yeah. There'll be either be something that's you know, we are quite excited about or something that's universally panned by all of us in this community, which embraces the um the paranormal the uh abnormal or just the the slightly obscure what if they came out and said um yeah we made it 
it's one of these and it's just like peel back the curtain like they would with a new car and it's just this amazing spacecraft would that yep. would you be happy with that or would that be uh would that burst your bubble slightly because it takes all the paranormal out of it it, it would but i guess there's probably an element of like um you know how do we get this technology and why you know, how do we advance so quickly overnight seemingly? what if they just had a simple explanation it wasn't overnight we just did this stuff it's a small gravity engine we've been working on it since the 60s um job done would you be if it if it wholeheartedly confirmed to you that it was all man-made would you be disappointed I think I would, I mean, I, I like more the fact that there's something else out there, be it extraterrestrial, interdimensional, time travel, whatever the hell it actually is, because let's be honest, we don't know, right? It could be any of those things. Yeah. Um, that's far more fascinating than, hey, we've made some leaps and bounds in a particular scientific field. <laughs> but I think there'll yeah. always be that questioning of how do we do it so quickly in a very short time from having the very first, I guess, aeroplane just 120 years ago to being able to do this sort of thing it's like mm, yeah it, it, it screams that like i still believe things like roswell happened where they recovered alien technology including um ebes and, and everything like that so i um what's ebes oh extraterrestrial biological entities oh look at you go with your acronyms <laughs> this is a field i love uh so so that that and again like um there was some sort of creature that was recovered and one question has been asked you know could that be interdimensional could it actually be people you know humans looking like that from the future or it could yeah, be time travelers a, yeah yeah exactly so all that stuff is compelling and i don't mind where it comes from just simply saying that there is just something bigger happening here than probably what we know is going on on your day-to-day with earth um so, so you're saying even if they came out and said it's this and it was the craft, it was a tic-tac flying object, they could show you how it worked, you'd still be dubious as to how they got it to work. I would be, yeah, correct. So I would not be yeah. com- entirely satisfied this is technology that we have developed on our own uh, as opposed to maybe a reverse engineer type scenario. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Because they can they say how like it works. In... That, that's 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 fine. But uh, um, you you know you have like the Bob Lazar stories and things like that where you hear like that we've yep. got this technology, we we can use it, but we don't know how it works. Yeah. <laughs> and we can't, we can't make repeat it. it. Yeah. Yeah. So if we if we if there had been that and, and like you'd imagine that the reason they're doing the work they are is to try and crack that code so they can reverse engineer this type of equipment and, and build it for ourselves. So mm. had we been able to crack that, and it's been, a, you know, Bob Lazar worked at that facility at S4, you know, 30 years ago. So who knows what's happened in the, in the intervening time space. Um, yeah. But if there is something there, and we have done it ourselves, I am suspicious as to the origin of the technology. Mm-hmm. What if they were like, pull, they pull the sheet off, it's a Tic Tac UFO, and they were like, here's the best bit, spinner hubcaps. <laughs> and you're like, whoa, I get it now. Yeah. yeah. It would make my decade, yeah. That's, yeah. The technology was always plastic spinner they, hubcaps. They get like a designer on it who's got like that retro feel, and they put like a, a smoking hot blonde 
pin-up girl on the front <laughs> draped, of it. Draped across it, yeah. I mean, like, the paint, the paintings on the front, like Memphis Belle they used to have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, all right, that probably about does it this week. Um, I probably got to get out of here because I'm starting to realize that my garage during winter might not be a good location for a recording studio, given that if it rains, we're under a tin roof. So mm. I'm getting the odd spot of rain. So apologies if anyone's heard that right throughout um, recording, but I'll do my best. Maybe I'll rig this thing so I can sit in my car or something. I don't know. <laughs> but for now, the rain's coming, so I got to get out of here. Um, anything else to add this week? Again. Um, <laughs> no, no. Other than the fact that um, maybe we can do a spa record at some point. Oh, goodness. With the new spa that, that was delivered at um, my residential property this week. So when it finally heats up in about a thousand years. Um, <laughs> do a, you a, have a, the a, ironic a, thing of... Um, putting your back out, building, uh, putting pavers down for the spa, so you need a spa to heal your back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the injury is still real, and uh, it's, it's got a bit better, but boy, it it's, um, needs a bit of work to go. But yes, yeah, you'll spa's be hang- Yeah, you'll be hanging for that spa pool. It was the same as when I was um, about eight years old i got money for my birthday and spent it all on a wallet and then i was like well i don't have any money to put in my wallet anymore <laughs> my velcro red chicago bulls wallet oh my god <laughs> would you have known what the chicago bulls were at that point or did you just think that that was a cool thing to have because everyone else oh uh, i knew i knew they were a basketball team my at school it was it was cool back then to have basketball cards that you'd trade I'd never watched a game of basketball in my life, and ironically, now that I'm a grown man, it's one of the sports I can't sit through. Um, One of the few sports I can't sit through. I could just about watch anything else. Uh, But yeah, basketball just doesn't do it for me. So I'm sure that um, my Chicago Bulls wallet is in this garage somewhere. It'll be one of those keepsake ones. I'm Mm. sure of it. It'll be here somewhere. So, like, basketball is a sport that's actually reasonably fun to play, particularly the shooting hoops or something like that. But mm. the element of actually the game, yeah, I'm the same. Not something that does much. Yeah. I feel like it's one of those things where after 10 minutes, you know who's going to win. It's like like when you're doing a survey and you read 10... Uh, on election night. It's election night is what it is. They've read 10... They've counted 10% of the votes... Um, there might be a couple of swings back and forth between Epsom and somewhere else, but um, largely this, the margin's going to be the same. It's going to be, oh, you know, instead of 8 to 10, it'll be 80 to 100. Oh, unless there's widespread voter fraud slash basketball fraud, <laughs> um, like we've seen yeah. around the world recently. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> no, I'm not that kind of person. Maybe. I'm not that kind of person. I'm, I'm not hashtag stop the steal. <laughs> you know what I mean, though? After 10 minutes in a basketball game, I feel like you pretty much know who's going to win. Yeah. 80% of no. the time. No, fair point. Fair point. Mm. Um, all right, then we'll call that, on that note, we'll call that another episode of Lights in the Sky podcast. That's two in a week. So... <laughs> I'm pretty impressed with us. But it consistency. Um, hopefully, hopefully um, those listeners out there are also proud. Um, next week we'll have our sponsor back, I think. So um, stay tuned. We've got a script to read. Oh, um, some deals. 
some deals yeah yeah i think these deals are going to be open to internationals as well so um something to come back for on that note we'll call that another episode of lights in the sky podcast catch you next week toodaloo